And welcome back to Talking Smack. Today I have Ali here. So, would you introduce yourself to us? Absolutely. Tell us where we, tell us where we can find you. Tell us a little bit about your background. Listen up, you guys. Man. Live and official. This is Ali the Guru. Uh, you can find me at Ali the Guru on all social media platforms. I am a social media influencer and real estate broker in the local Seattle area. I was born and raised here in Seattle. Um, traveled all around the world and i can definitely say that seattle is one of my favorite places i truly wholeheartedly believe that this city is the place to be mm-hmm. what makes it so great you what's know, your favorite thing about it you know so it sounds crazy but though i know seattle has like the whole seattle freeze idea i feel like seattle's like one of those places where it's you know the people here are just civilized they mind their own business you know they do what they got to do and everything is clean you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like everything is clean. You know, I, I, I think the only other city that I've been to uh, was maybe Sydney, Australia, where I would consider living there. And it was just mm-hmm. because it, it just felt good just breathing the air. Mm-hmm. And I think that Seattle has that, you know, it's just streets are clean, air is clean. Yeah. For the most part, the streets are clean. Yeah. But air is clean, you know, and, and just it's just nice. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you bring up the Seattle freeze. I had never heard of the Seattle freeze, born and raised here yeah. until I had friends who were from California who moved up here because they were in the military. And they were like, no, Ken's, the Seattle freeze is real. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? So knowing about the Seattle freeze, do you feel like it was hard for you to network or create a community of your own? Or because you were born and raised here, do you feel like it was you kind of just had a network and then grew it from there? Well, before we get into that, I, I, I want to make sure that I know um, I have the exact definition as you. Because I more recently learned about the Seattle Freeze. Mm-hmm. So like, what's Seattle Freeze to you? Okay, so basically what they told me was they were like, okay, so before I met them, they, in a, their group of their military friends, they would go out in Seattle and they said they would walk into a bar and everyone would just be in their groups, facing away from everyone. And they would like try to create conversation uh, or try to make friends okay. or do something. And they would just be like, what, why the fuck are you talking to me? Like, what, what are you doing here? And okay. they said it was really hard to make friends outside of their core, like, military group. Okay, see, so so I don't experience that. Okay. But what I heard the Seattle Freeze was, and once again, I, I might be having it wrong, but I heard the Seattle Freeze is where you, <clears throat> it's where you meet someone, you know them, but then when you see them in public, you act like you don't know them. Oh, what? I, I feel don't know like that's it, worse. Is that, is that what it is? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like it could probably be all of those things. And I'm sure it's more definitions than we even know. Now, for me, if it's like, okay, if we're out in public and, you know, you're in your own little groups and stuff like that. Like for me, I, like, I don't mind that because I, sometimes, I like, sometimes I go to a public place because I'm, I'm there for my people anyways. And I'm there to spend time with my people. So, like, I don't really mind that too much. But if I'm going out in public and it's like, I know you, mm-hmm. but then you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to big time me, right? <laughs> you're going to pretend gonna, like you don't you know me. You're going to big time me. Okay, cool. You know, I I do have a problem with that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's what I heard that the, the Seattle freeze was. Once again, I I could be incorrect, but if... If I experienced that in Seattle, then I am a little bit bothered by that. And what I've been doing since finding out about that whole idea or concept is I've been trying to break down that barrier. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of waiting for them to say hi to me, like yesterday, you know, um, instead of waiting for them to say hi to me, I'll just go say hi to them. Yesterday I was on a panel, spoke on a panel, saw someone that I knew and I know they know me. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to go say hi to them. There's a chance they might try to Seattle freeze me, right? And they might try to big time me, but I'm going to go say hi anyways. Right. So I went over there. I'm like, hey, man, what's up, bro? Mm-hmm. You know, like you pretend like you didn't see me, but I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I said hi anyways. But I feel like doing that in public um, helps break down the barrier. I, I feel like uh, Seattle, at least people here in Seattle, and maybe a part of it is due to like social media. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like they don't want to go say hi to you or talk to you because you might not remember them. And mm-hmm. if you don't remember them now, I'm I'm all embarrassed. Yeah. And so I feel like if you if you remember someone, just just you know, uh, uh, assume responsibility. Yeah. And just go say hi to them, and then mm-hmm. 
most of the time they'll they'll respond back in a positive way mm -hmm. and uh, that's what i try to do and if they do respond back in a negative way i just remind them like remember we met here <laughs> yeah so. i actually heard a good tip for that if you can't remember someone's name you say remind me your name and they tell you your first name you're like no no what's your last name so it's like kind of showing like oh no i knew your first name i'm looking for your last name see i got i got see i got to work on that mm -hmm. what i do is i'm just like hey me and my friend, you know, mm -hmm. and I hope they say their name. Yeah. So I got to work on that. It's so funny. It mm -hmm. cracks me up that like these things happen. And the fact that you bring up social media, I feel like social media, it's so easy for people to create this version of themselves that mm -hmm. isn't authentic and they're not really that in real life. And I feel like that's something that's been really important to me. And I feel like even just seeing your feed and like meeting you today for the first time, yeah. like you give off that just genuine like you are the same person that you are on social media i appreciate media. <laughs> that Dang. that means a lot to me mm -hmm. i had a client that told me that one time we was uh -huh. out looking at a house and he said he said wow like we're at the house and then he first thing he does is he hops out the car he just smiles and looks at me he's like and then i'm like well, you gonna come in <laughs> he, goes, yeah. he goes you're just like how you are on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hope, I hope so. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's that's something that you have to do, you know, like mm -hmm. your branding, you know, your your social media is your branding. Right. You know, whatever you put out into the universe is what you're portraying yourself as. So whatever that is, like you need to make sure that you are authentic, mm -hmm. that you can, you know, be consistent on it. So like for me, I'm I'm just purely just myself mm -hmm. on social media. Now there was a point in time where I wasn't. Like mm -hmm. when I first got into real estate, I remember, I remember my managers at the time telling me that I needed to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, they made me cut off my mustache. They made me cut off my tail. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like my tail. I'm like my tail's like I've been having it since like 2011. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, well, in order to be you know successful, you need to be professional. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to look a certain way. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, I want to be successful, so I did that. You know, um, they told me, you know, you need to post these type of posts on social media. Uh, you need to send out these type of videos on social media. You know, and I was trying to do everything by the book because from what everyone says, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. Right. I try to follow that rule. And here I am trying to follow that rule and nothing is working for me. Like business was not booming. Mm -hmm. My engagement is like tanked. Yeah. Finally, one day, one of my best friends told me, bro, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I grew my mustache back out, grew my tail back out, and I went back to um, Ali TV, which is like a show that I ran on my uh, on my Snapchat. Mm -hmm. But I went back to Ali TV, just being the entertainer on my uh, stories. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, people started responding back to it. My engagement started growing. My mm -hmm. social media started growing. You know, people appreciated it. I have a lot of people that reach out to me and tell me like how inspired they are and how they want to do what I'm doing. And I. I take it as a blessing, mm -hmm. you know, had I not been myself, I wouldn't have been able to touch these people. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like on social media, you have to be the most genuine part of you because mm -hmm. eventually you're going to meet some of these people in person. Yeah. And if you're not the same, they're going to be like, yo, he's different. Mm -hmm. That's happened to me a couple of times where I've met these like public figures or these people just in the lash world and the beauty industry that had created a name for themselves as this nice kind positive like upbeat and then you meet them in real life and they're like the, fuck, the fuck do you want from me it's and it's like whoa worse. i just wanted to say hi like yeah. huge fan of yours whatever and it was just completely different and that was a wake-up call for me to be more authentic on my social media and just show up as myself and it comes down to it too it's so much easier to just be yourself and yeah. not have to feel like, oh, I need to be scripted or I need to be a certain way and I need to be professional because yeah. anymore I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I struggle with that word like you have to be professional. Like I feel like you yeah. can be professional but you can still be yourself. I agree. You know, I, I feel like for me, uh, you know, my friends and I, we started a podcast topic of discussion um, and a lot of people like to think of it as like an NFL podcast. Mm -hmm. But we had these open-ended conversations and I remember when we first started in season one, we did something similar to like what you're saying. Like we would try to be a certain character mm -hmm. that we weren't, you know, there was three of us and you know, it was me, my buddy KJ and my buddy Mike Mo. And we were trying to decide, okay, you need to be the bad guy and yeah. you need to be the good guy and you need to be like the mediator. But the whole entire time we're thinking to ourselves, okay, well you were the bad guy on the last episode. So like you have to continue being the bad guy. 
But the thing is, it's like, okay, well, we're being this character that we're not, mm -hmm. you know? So let's just be our natural selves because it comes out way more authentic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what social media needs, you know? You just need to be more authentic, but I also feel like you need to be intentional. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> A lot of people on, on social media, what they tend to do is they tend to do what is trending, you know, what they see is working for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so they'll try to, you know, copy that. And I feel like when you do that, if it's something that you're not comfortable with, then it's not going to give you the same results as that person who did it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because that person who did it, did it from a place of genuine heart versus you, you're doing it from a place of, I'm just trying to get what he got. Mm -hmm. So with social media, sometimes originality will go a long way. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And I think for some people, that's really hard to find because they have that picture in their head of who they have to show up absolutely. as. And I think, I mean, it just touches on again, like it's so much easier to show up as yourself and be, you know, being original and getting those inspiration things. You can gain inspiration from different people. There's tons of people that I follow that I gain inspiration from. Like, oh, like I see they're doing this. Like if I did it this way or with my own spin, like I think it's okay to kind of like take bits and pieces from what other people are doing yeah. as long as you input your own personality into it. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I think that personality is a big thing. You know, I mean, if you ain't got personality, shoot, I'm kind of boring <laughs> a little bit. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I feel like we were talking about this in a, like a other episode talking about one of my girlfriends. We were talking about like dating guys who are shorter and we were like, it's all about personality though. Like if you can't connect with someone, if they're six, four and like good looking and whatever, but if they have no personality, it's not going to work. And I feel like the same goes for social media. Like you're, the more personality that shines through, the easier it is to connect with that person mm -hmm. and actually be like, I fucking like them yep. no matter how tall they are or whatever. And I feel like it's social media, dating, anything like you, if you don't have that personality, if you don't have that like spark or passion that you can share with someone, it's really hard to connect with them. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. So we've gone kind of off topic from the questions that <laughs> we right, were going right, to talk about. Um, so how did you get into real estate? Uh, so kind of crazy, but I was in Africa on a guy's trip with a few of uh, my friends. And um, the trip that we were on, <clears throat> all the guys that were on this trip, they all played in the NFL, except for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's like a bunch of NFL guys and then it's me, right? And here we are on the safari trip and we're going through the jungle, seeing all these lions. And uh, the guys were like, Oh, what are you going to do after your career? You know, what are you going to do after your career? What are you going to do after your career? Mm. And everyone was like trying to figure it out. And everyone was like, oh, uh, maybe I'm going to get into like real estate development. And then they look over at me. I'm like the oddball because like, I don't play football. Like I'm still a working citizen. Mm -hmm. right? And they're like, you know, uh, Ali, you, sh you should do real estate. You know, and maybe you can help us find some of the property so that way we can build on it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've been told a couple times now that I should do real estate. But the fact that these guys were like, okay, well, they're going to be my first clients. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, it sounds like guaranteed clients. So I'll get into real estate. Next thing you know, I get into real estate. And then I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, hey, you know, are, you, you guys want to peel something? Mm -hmm. right? and, <laughs> and no one wants to like do anything with each other. They want to do everything separate. So it's like, okay, you know, I got one friend, like, he wants to do his own project. And I got one friend, like, oh, he wants to do these rentals. And I got another friend who's, like, in California doing this other thing. I'm like, what happened to the whole plan that we're talking about in, at the safari? Yeah. I'm like, because I paid all this money for these real estate courses. <laughs> You're like, I actually held up my end of the deal. Exactly. You know, and the craziest thing happened. While I was trying to figure things out with my group of friends on this whole development thing, I had other people reach out to purchase homes who needed their home sold who wanted to support my business or who just needed help because no other agent would help them mm -hmm. and they had bad credit or whatever it is they just didn't qualify for a loan the thing about me is i'm really good at problem solving mm -hmm. prior real estate i've been in four other businesses i i my first business i i ran a hookah lounge i was like mm -hmm. 19 years old and i failed at that you know but the one thing that it taught me was how to be patient Mm -hmm. You know, in that business, I sold my share of the company within the first year because I thought that 
this guy offered me a good amount of money. My second business I, get, I got into, um, I also failed. That was a web development and marketing company. But that business, it taught me a valuable lesson. It taught me how to target market. Mm-hmm. I was marketing towards companies that were startups and you know new businesses. Early on, I learned new businesses and startups have one thing in common. You know what that is? Not enough money to pay you. Not enough money to pay me. They didn't have no money. Mm-hmm. They spent all their money on their storefront. Mm-hmm. What makes me think they're going to pay me $2,000 for a website? Yeah. So that taught me how to target market. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got into another tech company where we're renting out hoverboards. And then I uh, worked with my cousin on a security company and I was managing all these properties. And all the like these four companies that failed taught me a valuable lesson. And I took all four lessons and I brought that into real estate. So here I am putting my cap on, utilizing the lessons that I learned, implementing it into real estate and helping problem solve for people who had issues or problems and fixing it. And then it just worked. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I just said, you know what? I'm a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And I think it's so cool to hear too, you talking about looking at different businesses you started in the beginning and learning from them. Because I feel like so many people look at those failed businesses and it's like, well, got nothing to show for it. But I think that's such a huge thing, especially as an entrepreneur, looking at the failures or the road bumps and things that we go through that aren't necessarily great. You learn from them and you grow from them and, you know, you may not know it in that instance, but you're going to be able to take those lessons and channel them and be able to create something different later on. And I think it's so cool to be able to, you know, look back on it. Because in the moment, like in those failed businesses, you probably were like, fuck, what's going on? I mean, it sounds crazy. You probably won't even believe me. But in in those moments, those failed moments, I just took a screenshot. Mm-hmm. It was like my bank account, 64 cents or a dollar 50 cents. I just mm-hmm. took a screenshot because for me, it was like, it's just more motivation. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm at the bottom of the barrel and the only direction I have is up. Mm-hmm. I have no money in my bank account. The only other direction, I, I mean, you could, you know, what, what's it called when you get like negative? What's that called? In the red. Yeah. You know. Overdrawn. Overdrawn. Yeah. You can overdraft your account, right? Um, but the way I saw it is like, I don't have any money. So mm-hmm. only direction I have is to make money, is to yeah. go up. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just felt like it's an adrenaline rush, you know. And I think that, you know, it takes a different type of beast to really see that. Yeah. But sometimes when you have your back up against a wall, you get this adrenaline where nothing is going to phase you. Where the only thing that you can do is just take these punches and keep going. And I felt like I I was addicted to that feeling. Mm-hmm. So you can almost say I'm addicted to failing. And, and the only reason why is because failing to me means learning mm-hmm. and it gets you closer to your next success exactly the biggest thing is just don't give up just keep going keep trying and eventually you're gonna figure it out if you want it bad enough you'll figure it out mm-hmm. absolutely i agree 100 i heard something similar to that on another podcast that was saying every no you get is getting you closer to that yes and all you need is one yes Hey, or you can get a lot of no's too. <laughs> yeah. For real, you didn't watch out now. You get a lot of no's. You got tough skin. Well, I think that's the thing too of you saying like you're addicted to that failure because you're learning and you're addicted to that motivation that it brings you. I feel like you have to have that mindset going into it of like, okay, I know I'm going to get shot down maybe a hundred times, but maybe at 101 is going to be my big break. Yeah. And I think it's just again, reiterating, like, don't give up, especially if it's something you're passionate about, If it's especially if it's something that gives you purpose to help other people or make a shitload of money or whatever that is that is driving you, just having that dedication and that discipline to not give up and keep going after what you want. You know, another good thing that I'll say too is, you know, just taking a chance on something, even if you try and it doesn't work out, even if you try a thousand times and it doesn't work, whether it works out or not, it'll help you get to where you need to be a lot faster. Let's just say that that project doesn't work out for you. At least you'll find out that you tried mm-hmm. and you'll know for sure that it didn't work versus sitting here, not giving it a true attempt and thinking about it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people like, if you are trying to do something, just do it. Yeah. You know, either you're going to win or you're going to lose. 
but you'll get over it faster. You know, mm-hmm. like don't I don't want to have the same conversation, you know, two, three years down the road from now and you're still thinking about the same exact thing. Just mm-hmm. do it. Do it now. Find out. Find out if it's for you. Right. And I think I think that's such a good thing to think about too because you really don't know if it is for you unless you try it. Exactly. Because you could get to 80 years old and be like, I never knew if that would have been for me or not. Or I never knew if, if I would have been happier, if I would have been more successful, mm-hmm. or if I would have felt more purpose in my life going after this one thing. And I think like thinking about regrets, I look at them so differently now because like I never want to look back and be like, I regret not trying that one thing or that business venture or going after that guy or girl or mm-hmm. whatever. Like you have to – and I think it just comes back down to for me at least, you have one life. You have mm-hmm. one shot and why not – try to go after those things or try those things and fail. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that people think about is they worry about the outside people and the judgment of failing something like that. Did you ever feel judgment from other people when you, you know, started your first businesses and they didn't go out the way that you had planned? I think early on, yeah. I remember uh when I was 19, 20 years old, uh during uh, VIP hookah lounge. I remember thinking to myself that I wanted to make sure that it was impressive for people, mm-hmm. you know, that it looked cool. You know, I didn't want people like talking smack about me or, you know, saying that, you know, my business was just like terrible or like the lounge looked bad or whatever it was. Like, I cared a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to care to a, an extent. Right. You know, like your image is your branding. So you have to care to a certain extent, but you have to just keep in mind what you want people to see. You know, and if 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 you want to portray like this luxury person or like this professional person or even like this fun person, then you just have to remember to be consistent at that image. And so for me, I started off caring a lot about what people think. But then I grew to not care as much. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's only because I knew that there is a certain audience I'm trying to target. Right. So if it's not the audience that I'm targeting, anything outside of that, I can really care less. But within this target audience, if they react a certain way, then I do care. But only this specific audience mm-hmm. I care about. And so that's, I'm sure helped curate the kind of content that you put out on social media and being intentional about what your personal brand is. What do you feel like, do you feel like you always knew what your personal brand was going to be? Or do you feel like you had certain aspects where you're like, okay, I want to be this and I want to curate this this way. And like, these are certain aspects of when someone sees my page or when someone meets me in person, like this is how I want to be perceived. Was there any part of that that was like, I'm sure of course, to an extent it's intentional, but did you feel like, okay, it's just me or like, these are aspects I want to be. So I want to buy these kinds of clothes or I want to show up this way, or this is the kind of energy I want to bring. So for for myself, I would say that when I first started Instagram, I was a stylist at Nordstrom. And at the time, I was just posting a bunch of outfit grids and like fashion content. And Mm -hmm. I remember early on all the fashion influencers at the time and what they were doing. Everyone was doing outfit grids. And for me, that's how it started. Mm -hmm. I think that when I got into real estate, that's when things started getting confusing a little bit because Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, what am I going to post? Yeah. And... Something that I realized about social media is when you build a certain audience, you're either going to continue on with that audience or you are going to make an adjustment and find a new audience. And you have to cater to whoever that audience is. And so for me, yes, I I think about what I'm going to post. I'm very intentional. But it's not just social media. It's like everything that I do. You know, I'm very intentional. Whatever I'm putting out into the universe has to have some sort of intention behind it. Why am I putting it out there? What What is it for? Who am I trying to attract? And how am I going to do it? And so I would say that for me, I'm constantly changing mm-hmm. because social media is always constantly changing because Instagram always had these new algorithms and TikTok is getting bigger. And, you know, you have all these new features and adjustments that you need to make, I feel like you have to constantly change with it or else you won't grow. So for me, yes, you know, one day it might be a bunch of static posts and Mm -hmm. the next week it might be a bunch of reels Mm -hmm. and 
the week after that, it might be a bunch of stories. Whatever social media is doing to boost her algorithm to be able to help influencers, I'm following along with that trend as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Instagram p- pumps out a new feature probably every week. It feels mm-hmm. like at least. Have and you done the subscription thing yet? So I haven't. I keep getting. Don't do pr- it. Don't I do keep it. getting don't prompted do to do it. Don't okay, do why, it. why not do it? Don't do it. Oh my god, I hate that I did it. <laughs> I hate that I did it. It dropped my engagements like in literally in half. Really? Yeah. Don't do it. Do not do it. And I've had a lot of feedback from other influencers who also activated their subscriptions, mm-hmm. and they said the same exact thing. And I reached out to Instagram, and I tried to turn off the subscription feature. And they don't even have an option to turn it off. They said at this point right now, we don't have an option to turn it off. Don't do it. Do not. Like, I regret doing it. Like, I hated that I did it. That's so bizarre. I don't know why it would tank your engagement. You would think that they'd want to push you further That's to what reach I thought. more subscriptions. Because you utilize their features, right? Yeah. I've, I've always thought that. I've always thought, like, look, as long as you're using their features, they're going to help boost you more. That's what I always thought. I turn on my subscription thing. And that thing tanked. Wrong. Literally tanked. <laughs> and then I, I even tried making a burner account. I made a burner account to try to see, okay, let me see if I can even see my own feed. Mm-hmm. Made a burner account. And I'm not even seeing my own feed. I'm like, what's going on? That is so bizarre. Okay. Don't do it. I'm just Noted. You, you won't, you won't regret it. Not doing the subscription. Yeah. You better then- off You better off with the OnlyFans. <laughs> if you want a subscription, you better make OnlyFans. Maybe for feet pics. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> you better off with that. Okay. Well... Let me ask you this. How did you become so comfortable on social media and like showing your face? Because I mean, hearing you say you used to post like outfit grids, like were they just of the outfit or you were in it or like how did you get comfortable showing up on social media aside from your friends saying, bro, you just got to be you? You know, I would say when I was posting outfit grids, it was just outfits. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like for me, I'm just naturally comfortable in front of the camera. I can see that. Like, you seem like very it. comfortable, very outgoing. Yeah. I just like it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, camera, it's me. <laughs> but Here I, I am. I just like it, you know, and and I think it's just a part of my personality. But the other thing is I feel like it's fun. I feel like yeah. naturally I'm an entertainer. Like if I wasn't mm-hmm. on social media and if I wasn't doing real estate, I told I told Cam this one time. I said, Cam, I was like, I, I might see myself on TV. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, next thing you know, I'm on TV. Yeah, you know, I, like I, I did a, a two features for HGTV's House Hunters, mm-hmm. and then I've done a, a, a few features for like uh, King Five News, just doing like news reports, mm-hmm. right? And I just felt natural. I felt like I was in my environment. Mm-hmm. So I, at no surprise, like that social media is just easy for me, just because I just like being in front of the camera. But I know who I am, though. Mm-hmm. For those who aren't comfortable being in front of the camera, maybe. That's not you. Right. Maybe you are an ASMR person. Mm-hmm. I just learned that one too. You know what that is? <laughs> oh, yeah. ASMR. You just start doing stuff with your hands or I don't know what they do. Yeah, they start They do stuff weird around. stuff. But yeah, maybe you're an ASMR person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're like one of those like gamer streamers, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to recognize who you are. And who I recognize that I was, was I'm a person who likes, who enjoys being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me. Like you, I can record a story and that thing be... 10 out of Kodak 10. moment, yeah. I'd be like, hey, you know, it's candid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just, I, like, we're good to go. Like, I might have messed up, but we're good. Yeah. Like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just I just enjoy it. I think it's fun. I feel like people like to see those little, like, mess ups and things, too. Like, it just shows that you're relatable and you're human. And Rarely ever will you ever see me, like, retake stuff. Mm-hmm. The only time You don't I'll, have time for it. The only time, yeah, that's true, too. But the only time I'll ever retake things is, like, it was just really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even get the message across, <laughs> you know? Then, yeah, let's retake it. But for the most part, like, I don't even retake stuff. Like, mm-hmm. blooper reels and, you know, uh, blooper stories and stuff like that. Yo, we gonna let that thing go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna re-record it. I'm gonna let that thing go, too. Yeah. You know? Uh, but that's just, like, I feel like that's just part of my personality. You know, mm-hmm. I just try to keep it as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to you being featured on HGV, whoa, HGVV, hey, talking don't, about, hey, don't talking about mess don't throw dirt on it now. Hold H-G-T-V. on now. Hey, I was pretty proud of that moment. <laughs> All right. Talking about you being featured, what was that like? Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? And like, were you nervous? Obviously, probably not because you yeah. love being on camera. Like, what was that experience like? So, oh man, they're going to hate me if I said this. They're going <laughs> to hate me for this. So HGTV, they had asked me if I've ever seen this show called House Hunters. Mm-hmm. I said yes. 
I was like, yeah, I watch that thing all the time. Did you lie? I had no idea. <laughs> I'd never watched that show a day in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I was like, You're like I'm yeah, not, big fan. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not trying to ruin the chance. I'm like, look, it's on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I had reached out to them. I had a client. Um, I had an NFL client who wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. He said, man, let's let's get on House Hunters. I watch that thing all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, bet. I use my social media platform to be able to reach out to them. Fortunately, like I have a decent following where I can reach out to companies or brands. And for the most part, they'll respond back. Mm-hmm. And so I just reached out to HGTV and reached out to House Hunters and shot them a couple of messages. And then finally, they shot me back a message and they said, email this person. I emailed this person. They set me up for an audition. We sit there, once again, comfortable being in front of the camera. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, hey, HGTV, this is me. And they're like, wow, you're amazing. You're like, mm-hmm. you're good. So I was like, okay, good. I was like, my client, even better. We're natural actors. If you want us to mm-hmm. act a certain way, we're going to do it. You yeah. want a retake? We got you. <laughs> right? Anything you need, we got it. Give me the script. I'm good. Exactly. Good to go. And so they was like, they was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Next thing you know, they're out here in Seattle. We're filming for House Hunters. And we're just having a blast. Mm-hmm. We did such a great job that that episode that we had is called Big Ballin' in Seattle. That episode that we had was the number one episode of House Hunters in that year. I think it was like 2019 or 2020. No way. Yeah, it was That's the so number cool. one episode. Until this day, it was so good that they replay it. Like mm-hmm. uh, before it was like every week they were replaying it. And now it's like once a month they replay it. Mm-hmm. So I have friends and like supporters at the gym mm-hmm. running the treadmill. And holy shit, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yes, me like 20 pounds lighter. <laughs> Oh my but, gosh. But I'm like, yeah, that's me. But they it was so great that they reached back out to me and they said, We want to do another episode in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do it again. And so as we're prepping for another episode in Seattle, COVID hit. Everyone got mm-hmm. COVID, everything shuts down. Literally the whole production group got laid off. Oh no. Yeah, the cameraman, everyone. They oh. everyone gets cut. Yeah. Just I think it was like seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Just seven months ago, they restarted back up the production group. Mm-hmm. The same guys that filmed our first episode got rehired with an exception of an additional uh, video guy. Mm-hmm. But everyone got rehired. And here we are shooting up second episode in Seattle. And I was fortunate enough to be able to be working with a client who I went to high school with at the time mm-hmm. and invited her to come onto the show, audition for the show. And she was all for it. And I was thrilled. I, I would say that was probably my favorite episode. You know, uh, one, because it was someone that I went to high school with. And then two, it was because it was a uh, a validation of what we did in the first episode. Mm-hmm. We did so well in the first episode, they brought us back for the second one. Mm-hmm. And so here I am, I'm like, we must have did a good job. Like if we if we did terrible, they wouldn't have viruses out. Right. And so now here we are, I'm working with the producers on trying to come up with like, in a a show here in Seattle, that's kind of a sneak mm-hmm. peek. I didn't tell a lot of people Ooh. that, but, but like we're working on trying to figure out like a concept, a show for Seattle. I feel like Seattle is a, a the next LA, and mm-hmm. I feel like it deserves its own show. Yeah, absolutely. Showing in Seattle, mm-hmm. I don't know something that would be dope. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so awesome too. Like, and such a testament to who you are and like the personal brand that you've created. That they were like, we love this dude. We want to have him back again. And now that they're talking about doing something with you long term I think is absolutely incredible and such a testament to you know the failures that you went through and everything you learned and everything that you've built Mm -hmm. and like it's huge and like it's just really cool to see absolutely thank you Mm -hmm. appreciate it okay so you talked about reaching out to brands and you know creating a following for yourself what has that looked like what brands do you like to work with mm-hmm. and like are there any brands that you wouldn't work with again or any that you're like these are homies like I want to continue like working with them yeah so uh, I try to be very intentional when it comes to social media and I try to make sure that the brands that I do reach out to, are going to be brands that are similar to other brands that I've worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep it, uh, like, I try to keep it within like a maybe like a three month like period span period where it's like they don't like I, you know I want them to clash with each other, mm-hmm. but I try to keep it within the same industry. So I work with a lot of spirit companies. Um, I work with uh, clothing companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with 
pretty much those two. Mm-hmm. And and other local companies. Like I've I've I just did something with Lululemon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will do stuff that is within the men's fashion realm or men's lifestyle realm. Mm-hmm. You know, just because a lot of the people that follow me are going to be within that realm. You know, they're mm-hmm. following me for men's lifestyle, men's fashion. And so I need to attain to that audience. And so there are other companies. Like I've had some like I've had a few fitness companies reach out to me. Lululemon is an exception. Yeah, I'm always doing yoga. But yeah. I've had a few fitness companies reach out to me. They're like, oh, yeah, listen, I, I want to send you this, like, this workout, like, outfit and stuff like that. Like, can you do a promo for us for it? And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm not, like, I'm not in the fittest part of my life right now. Like, it's not, <laughs> I might not be the best yeah. one for you. So I might have to turn that one down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had, like, um, swimsuit companies reach out to me, like, oh, can we send you some trunks? Like, ah, you know. I might not take any pictures with it, you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. Um, I've had like cosmetic companies reach out to me. I've done cosmetic stuff before in the past, but I feel like it's just, that's not who my audience is. Right. So yes, there are brands I won't work with. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't like them, right. but it's just because I feel like I'm not at the place to bring value to them. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that whoever I'm partnering with or whoever I'm working with, we're bringing value to each other equally. Right. You know, I can successfully make a good post for you and you can compensate me in a fashion that I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, that's it. That's important. So yeah, there's brands I'm going to work with. There's brands I'm not going to work with. Um, I do utilize some platforms. So in the social media realm, influencers have these platforms where you can find other vendors who will pay you for uh, social media posts. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like, um, like Aspire, or you have like um, Up Influence, you know, um, and there's a, a ton of platforms out there, but it's where vendors go to and they'll go there to find influencers. And so I'm a part of it and it's like, it's kind of like offer up. Mm-hmm. Someone will put their post up or a company will put like their post up and what they need and you apply to it, they'll hire you and then they'll pay you for, they'll say something like, okay, we want a static post and three stories or we want a reel and three stories and we'll pay you this much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll find me through there or sometimes I'll find them through there. Um, and uh, from there, as long as you build, I would say a certain uh, niche, mm-hmm. that's when other brands will start reaching out to you more. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll start seeing similar brands reach out to you. If you work with a lot of spirit companies, you're going to have other spirit companies that are going to reach out to you and they, they want you to do the same thing for them. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. We need to get spirit companies for the pot. <laughs> hey, that's, we was on top of discussion. Something. We was we was trying to get it. We was trying to get like a champagne company. We was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, we was able to get. Um, we were able to get like one spirit company, but it was like it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was good. You know, some sometimes you'll get guests that you know they either don't like whiskey or they they got their preferences, and yeah, that's when it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, unfortunately, we don't got no tequila for you. <laughs> You're like, sorry. That's so funny. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think that's so cool too to just be able to work with brands that align with you. And especially mm-hmm. hearing you say like, you know, hey, I might not be the best fit for this right now. Like the integrity that you have to turn down offers. Absolutely. To just be like, hey, like it's not on brand for me right now. Oh, trust me. I used to take them all. Mm-hmm. Like just like any other influencer that's just starting out, like we will take anything. We'll do, they call it product for posts. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll give us a product and we'll do a post. I used to do just about anything. And then finally, it got to a point where I started getting like bigger brands, bigger companies reaching out. And that's when you really start building your value. Like like even now for me, like I I don't do I don't do partnerships or brands like no less than my minimum. How was that starting off? Like when you first realized like, oh, I need to be charging for these posts. I need to be charging for this. Like what changed there and how did you uh, gain the confidence to be like, nope, not doing it? Oh, this is funny. So it all started with McDonald's. So I did a promo ad for McDonald's and I didn't know how much to charge them. And they were asking me like what my rate was. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to a few other influencers that I knew did work with McDonald's. I'm like, you know, how much did you charge? Like everyone's was different. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like anywhere from like, $200 to like, I think it was like 3000 or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, no one's giving me a solid answer. So I'm just going to throw this thing up in the air. Mm-hmm. So when they reached out to me, I just said, how much for a post? I said, 
ten thousand dollars. I'll do I'll do a reel for you for ten thousand. <laughs> hey, what they say? I threw that thing up. <laughs> they, they came back. They said, "Whoa!" <laughs> it was like, it was like, okay. it was like, oh, like, whoa, you expensive. <laughs> but you know their pockets are deep. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then finally they came back and it was like, it was like, yeah, that's that's a little bit way out of our range. And then I said, well, you know what? For you guys, I said, y'all McDonald's. I grew up off of y'all. <laughs> What can you afford? Mm-hmm. Finally, like they came back. I think they like it was like twenty seven hundred dollars or something like that. I'm like, just bet. I thought, what you want me to do? You want me to take a picture? Got you. But bow, uh, <laughs> did it. Here you go. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it, that's that's when I realized what my price was. Yeah. At that point, I was like, look, if McDonald's is willing to pay me this much, I must be somewhere around this this range. At mm-hmm. least for my account. I'm probably somewhere around like the $2,000 range. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something I've struggled with is like a lot of, I mean, in the lash world, a lot of lash brands will reach out and some will be like, okay, we have a small budget to work with you or they would do product for post. And Mm -hmm. I have other influencer friends who are like, Ken's, you've grown your page to a certain extent like amount that you need to be charging for your posts. Like it's your time that, especially too, like with the lash world, like not only do I get product, I can't just post the product. I have to get a model, do work, spend three to four hours creating the set, Mm -hmm. taking photos, creating the content, and then posting it for free is really one-sided. Don't do that. No, exactly. You got a media kit? I do have a media kit now. Okay, yeah, just spice that thing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spice that thing up. Because oftentimes, like, if you're trying to work with someone, like, you're going to have to send them your media kit. You got to let them know you're serious, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, like, even on my media kit, like, I'll put my prices on my media kit. I'm like, look, this mm-hmm. is where it's at. Right. Like, if you want to work together, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, like, because you got to put, put a value somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a bunch of brands out there looking for influencers to work with. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my, my price up. Now, look, if I don't get any deals... If I don't get any partnerships for, I don't know, let's say three months or six months, then, okay, maybe I'm a little bit overpriced. So then I'll, I'll adjust my price a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times, I'm not going to lie to you. I, are you familiar with SoulCycle? Yeah. I love SoulCycle. I love SoulCycle. I love SoulCycle. Like let's I went, go. I went and cycled one time and it got my soul. Like I was like, <laughs> no, damn, literally, I love this thing. The trainers that they have. Oh, I love it. I don't know what it is. I was like almost crying oh, by the end it. of one. I, I was like, it. you literally just talked to they me. They come around with the candle and they be like, yes. believe. Yes. They have like, me blowing out one time and I was like, am I going to lose it right now? Am I going to have like a breakdown on this bike? SoulCycle. I'm going to throw SoulCycle on the bus on this one. Oh. Yeah, they offended me. Uh-oh. I'm going to throw SoulCycle on the bus. SoulCycle reached out to me. They wanted to do like, they want, they offered to give me five rides for a post. I was like, five rides? I'm like, who am I going to ride with? Like, <laughs> yeah, give me at least 10. Like, I got to ride <laughs> yeah. with somebody. Like, yeah, no, we only got a budget for like five rides. We'll give you five rides for a post. I'm like, I'm like my I'm like my prices start at $2,500. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you want me to do? They're like, you know, uh, well, can you come in? And can you shoot a reel? Like, maybe ride one of our bikes and like bring a videographer in with you and like, you know, shoot this. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, we're not. I'm not gonna do it. I didn't even respond. Especially if they said bring a video. I didn't. Videographer. Even, I didn't even respond. After after they said that, at, like, I try to give them a chance because I said, you know what? Like, at least let me bring someone with me. I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. Like, I need at least 10 free rides. Like, that way I can split it, you know, five and five. Like, we mm-hmm. can go ride with someone. Like, I wouldn't mind doing that. I love SoulCycle. Yeah. But the fact that you're like, like they came back and they're like, okay, well, we don't know. Look, we want to take up your time. You want to shoot this reel, bring in a videographer, you know, come ride this bike. And then we'll give you like five free rides. I'm like, who do you think I am? We're not going to do this. Like... You 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 pretty much want me to do it for free, and you you, yeah. you want to toss me yeah. a couple workouts? Like, no, we're not yeah. doing this. That don't cost you anything. Yeah, to I give didn't even you respond after that. I'm like, look, I'm not. You got the wrong one today. Yeah, like you got the wrong one. Like I didn't respond. And I think two people don't understand. Like your time is so valuable. That's that's what that's what it is. Like at the end of the day, it's like your time is valuable. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but when you put a price tag on something. If I put this $2,500 price tag on this post, I'm going to make sure this thing is gold. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they just paid for this product. Right. Now, if now if they, if they if a brand is reaching out to me and they want to do like a product for posts and like let's just say I, like the product isn't really going to do anything for my branding. Yeah. Or let's just say there's really no value behind it. Then when I go create this content, 
subconsciously I don't really care too much. Right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have fast this content. Mm -hmm. You know, versus if had you paid me for this content, I would have got a proper like video guy to come out and do this. Make sure we have proper audio. Make sure it was edited right. Make sure the thing crisp. Make sure it's 4K. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you got like highlight clips. Maybe you got some stills with the video. Like I make sure you got it all. But if you're not going if you're not going to offer me something that that yeah. brings value to me too, then like, we're not doing mm -hmm. it. It's not going to be the highest quality no, that you could offer. We're not doing because it. they're not paying. We're not doing it. And I feel like a lot of influencers out there have to have that same mentality because mm -hmm. the thing is, there's brands out there who know that there are influencers who will do it for free mm -hmm. or who will do a product post because they're out there trying to chase clout. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, look, I'm not going to work with SoulCycle because of clout. Like, like I really don't need it. Yeah. You know, what I need is I need some money. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. Exactly. And on the flip side of things, there are brands who will pay you your rates and give you exactly what you want because they understand that the value and the quality of the post yeah. is going to be 10 times better. Yeah. Yeah. There are brands out there that's going to treat you way better. Lululemon, oh, they're going to treat you good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lululemon going to be good to you. I'm going to put Lululemon before I put SoulCycle. Yeah, good, good to know. To I'm yeah, reaching out to Lululemon, Lululemon after this. they good to you. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Okay. I feel like we've covered a lot of topics. What are your future plans? I know you're in talks with HTV. H wow. Mm. I cannot say that. Hey, don't be throwing H dirt now. HGTV. Yeah. HGTV. <laughs> now, future plans for me. Anything exciting in the works? You know, I'd probably say the most exciting thing for me, like I'm, I'm 30 now. You know, I'm at that point in my life where like I'm thinking about life. You know, my parents are getting older and it's like, I'm not married yet. I don't have any kids. And so I think that my plans for the future is is uh, family, God, being a family man, mm -hmm. you know, being a, a better human being. I want to be a better friend to my friends. I want to be a better sibling, you know, to, to my brothers and sisters. I want to be a better son to my parents, you know, and hopefully one day I could be you know, a great father. You know, my, my focus is really being just an overall better person. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like life will come as it is supposed to. Mm -hmm. You know, God will present whatever it is in front of you if it's wilt to be in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just all about being a, a human being for me, you know, um, mm -hmm. maybe travel a little bit. But, you know, for me, it's just a quality of life is, is really important for me right now. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel the same way. I feel like. I'm kind of also at the age where I'm nearing 30 where it's really on my mind of like I get to create who I want to be mm -hmm. and I want to be my favorite version of myself. Absolutely. And I want to be remembered one day, hopefully after I'm 90 plus and I die, but I want to be remembered as a really good friend, a really yeah. good sibling, a good daughter and all the things that you said like I want to be a good mother too. Like yeah. same thing. Like I want that, like I want to touch lives in a way that obviously not everybody's going to like you, Yeah. but I don't ever want it to be a question of what were her morals or what were her values or what did she put importance into? You know, something that I heard uh, one of my friends had said uh, was to be the person that your younger self would be proud of. Mm -hmm. I you love know, that. Be that person. You know, if you were 10 years old right now and you were to look at yourself in today, today's time, mm -hmm. would you be proud of yourself? Mm -hmm. Would you be your own hero? Yeah. And I feel like if you keep that in mind, I feel like you are living the path that you want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you will be just fine. As long as you keep in mind, are you your own hero? Are you your youngest version's hero? Mm-hmm you will be just fine. Mm -hmm. Now, now uh, career-wise, I I you know, I have my team, the Catalyst Group. You know, it's a real estate company. We do aspire to be a capital venture group one day. Mm -hmm. So, a big aspiration for me, I'd probably say this is like a 10-year goal, but I want to be able to invest into young entrepreneurs. You know, if if someone came up to me and they said that they had this idea, you know, they wanted to open up this restaurant or this barbershop or they wanted to open up a tech company and they don't know where to start. I want to be able to help those those folks. Mm -hmm. When I was a young entrepreneur, when I was 19 years old, starting up my first business, I didn't know who to ask to for help. I didn't know how mm -hmm. to go to the DOL to apply for a business license. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the Department of Revenue was. Right. You know, I didn't know that you had to 
get connected with L and I when it came to like employees. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know this stuff. Right. And there was no one there to teach me any of it. And so I had to teach myself. And so for me, I felt like it was so hard. And I feel like that's one of the issues that young entrepreneurs have, especially like people who grow up in like low income housing and low income living. I feel like the reason why we're stuck and the reason why the poor stay poor is because no one's there to lead us or to guide us, to show us the way. And so what I want to do is when there are young entrepreneurs who have an idea, who need guidance, who don't know where to go, I want to be able to create a platform create a space where they can go to it with their idea to either sharpen their idea or to find an investor Mm -hmm. to find someone who will invest into my idea who will help me build my business Mm -hmm. and eventually the callus group look out the callus group it's gonna be big i love that that's so cool especially too thinking about this podcast hoping that it's going to grow to the place that I want it to oh, grow. It is. Someone's going to hear this episode 10 years from now and reach out to you. Oh, it is. This is going to be one of those things where you look back 10 years from now. You'll be like, remember when we did that? Yeah. And then and then you're going to have like this this giant studio, 100 people in the crowd. <laughs> all Live cheering, audience. Cheering your name. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, dang, we came a long way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those. You know, just don't give up. You know, mm-hmm. do it because you believe in it. Do it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, do it because it comes from the heart and it's genuine. Right. Exactly. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience or give any words of advice or pieces of encouragement? What Other the, than don't give up. I feel like you've you been know, hammering it at home the whole yeah. time. You know, I would say, you know, to everyone out there listening, if there's a goal that you ever want to achieve, if there's something that you ever wanted to do or, you know, there's a girl or a guy that you ever want to pursue, whatever it is, just do it. You know, just do it and cross your fingers. You never know. They might say no, but just cross your fingers, you know, mm-hmm. and just just go for it. You know, life is so short. You know, a year ago, I almost died from COVID and here I am today. Like, I'm still here. And so one of the biggest lessons I learned, like, we can't waste time doing things that aren't important to us. And we need to start utilizing our time a little bit better. So if you're listening to this some way, somehow, I hope that it touches you. And I hope that you feel inspired to go out there and just be the best version of yourself and try something new. That's it. Mm-hmm. And make sure you follow me on Instagram, Ali the Guru. That's A-L-I, the Guru. <laughs> if you got any questions, let me know. I'll respond back to everyone. Just don't say anything like super crazy. I've had, I've had a few folks say something like weird to me a couple times. But just don't say anything crazy <laughs> and I got you. I want to know off camera what these crazy yeah, things some folks, are. Some folks be wild. Oh, but. my gosh. And like to piggyback on what you're saying is – like what's meant for you will not pass you by. Yeah. And like any no that you get, any failure, it wasn't meant for you and something better is coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If God wills it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you here. having me on. Man, I'm, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Love the whole setup you guys awesome. got going on over thank here. Thank you. I know Love the setup. cameras and lights are a little intimidating sometimes, but you're used to it. You like the cameras. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> like, it. I feel great out here. Appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys. Subscribe, like, and catch us on every Thursday at 10 a.m. Let's get it.